0: On today's episode, we talked about COVID update. It's mm-hmm. been a year, a long year. We delved into what we're seeing in hey, both. Yeah, I, I
1: of... do want to stop real quick. Congratulations, we all made it this far. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And we go into both our professions, how we're dealing with the isolation and loneliness scenario. What we see, maybe trends in the future.
1: And if you appreciate this podcast, please um, leave us a, a, a five star rating, um, at least four point five stars. And, uh, you know, like us and... And
0: review and subscribe, send us out to your friends, everything.
1: The more people we reach out to, the better questions we're going to get to answer at the end of our episodes.
0: So let's get to the episode.
1: Let's talk about death, beat. Ball, psychologist. Hey, Nick. Let's talk about death.
0: Da, 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 da. Covid update now with Benny and Nick. Doctor. Yeah, Nick. So let's doctor. talk about. <laughs> sorry, doctor. Sorry, oh, got it. Sorry. sorry. I'm getting used to it's it. All good. Covid update, Nick. It's been a year. Been quite the year. Let's let's just delve right into what we're seeing, and let's let's first go into isolation and loneliness because I think those are the big topics, right, that we're seeing with covid yeah know, well
1: and i think anxiety still um i think isolation loneliness and anxiety so i think right now everybody is still at a standstill. i think a lot of the people that actually do care um and do believe this is real because i do think that there's also this idea out there for some people that this doesn't exist i think i think in my personal opinion um that it, this goes back to detaching right It's easier to cope with something if you don't believe in it, whether it's happening or not, right? So um, to me, COVID is a lot like death in a way because you're seeing it in society. You're seeing people say, I don't believe in this. It doesn't exist. Even with families that have already had multiple family members get COVID, they still say, you know, this is made up and it doesn't exist. So, so there is a very big detachment right now from um, COVID. Even the people that are, are trying to stay safe, wearing their mask, um, you know, staying six feet apart, not having big holidays. I think they too are struggling, you know, with this isolation and loneliness and this idea that our culture there is such a split on what are we supposed to do. Not to mention that you know there is some people out there. Um, in high positions telling us, no, don't worry about this. It'll all go away. And then we have scientists and doctors saying, no, this is still a problem. Um, In fact, you know, I, I don't know if anybody's been keeping up with England, but they're shut down. The thing is, is that isolation and loneliness, if we go into a lockdown like that, is just going to get worse.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and that's obviously stirring up more emotion, so it's stirring up more anger on top of everything. And it's just adding uh, It's just adding the cherry on top to everybody that's dealing with it. On top of being isolated because of the rules, um, which has changed in Michigan, we went from just the governor's order, executive order, to now we actually have the health department who is on top of it. So there is a lot more clout to... Um, yet again, Dad and I can get up to a misdemeanor. There's, I think, a a thousand or two thousand dollar fine and we're at 25 inside and outside of the building unless you have over 20,000 square feet there's a other thing but small town we can only have 25 in the funeral home only have 25 outside and that gets very very hard because obviously with only 25 in the building nick we can only deal with one family at a time too so it's not like the old days where if we had two families and they really insisted on having the same visitation day and funeral we could split up You know, the chapels can't even do that right now. Uh, So it gets very, very disheartening. Not only, you know, we just we just got through the holidays a little bit ago here and we had a lot of deaths. Um, Monroe in this area, our county really got hit after Halloween. Our numbers skyrocketed for a while. Um, they are starting to somewhat come down, but as we're finding out with the rest of the nation, now it's popping up in other places, just like where it was in New York and Detroit when we first started back in March. It's now out in the the West Coast, right? It's out in the West Coast. is getting really hit right now with all the numbers. And so what's really, really tricky is, yet again, it's the inconsistency of everywhere. You have one state that has one rules, You've got another state that has another rule. Um, I really think in, I think it would, behoove Americans if we had all the same law. Because if we all had the same, whether Rules. it's twenty five, whether it's fifty, whether it's twenty five percent capacity, right? It's everywhere. So you don't have this, you know, families that are already dealing. Mom died. Okay, now, okay, I got the stress of what are this what is this funeral home gonna do? Mm-hmm. And we're still dealing with one funeral home that will do this, another funeral home will do that, you know. Dan and I have always been off the book. So if that book tells us 25 in, 25 out, that's what we're doing. But Nick, I'll be honest with you. It's very stressful because we do have some families that are, are, they don't either A, believe in it, or they just, it's not going to happen to us. We need to have our grieving experience. The idea that you need to flex the rules for us, and the problem is just like everything else, and I think we all learned this when we were kids, if you, do it, if you do it for one family, you got to do it for every family, right? So the idea is we're, Dad and I have always been, we want to keep you safe, and we want to keep our staff safe. And I think some people forget that too, is we have families too at home. This isn't just your family that you're coming into. You have a pastor coming in. They have their own family, and they have their own faith family. Um, but yet again, I think if... I think what would help somewhat a little bit is if we all had consistent rules across the board.
1: Well, I think a lot of this stems from distrust, right? We have this idea that um, because we've become an individualized culture, that we don't trust one another. We don't trust science. We don't trust politics. We don't trust each other. So I think that leads to anger, Mm -hmm. right? And if you don't believe in what I believe in, instead of empathizing and sitting and listening to counterpoints, People are just getting angry. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it helps that we're all locked in. We're all in cabin fever mode. We all have to wear uncomfortable masks, all the, you know, all to, to restaurants and all that stuff. And even our favorite restaurants are, are, you know, you can't go to them right now. Right. And that was like, at least, you know, for a lot of people, that was one thing they did a week, you know, is go out and. You yeah, know. your your stress reprieve. You can go out and watch a movie, or you could go out
0: and just go to your favorite. steakhouse. bowl.
1: Or... You, all these sports, sporting things are are non-existent right now. You can't go to most football games. You right. can't go to hockey games. Right. Um. So I think a, a really good all these things that were stress relievers for many people are now not there. Right. So we have anger. Right. Anger is an outward sign of depression. So ultimately, if you go to a deep level. These people, our culture, our people are sad, right? We are very sad. We're losing people to this terrifying um, disease, which we still don't really understand very well. Um, we're trying to get vaccines out. Um, we're, we're trying to do everything we possibly can. But there's a, there is a lot of barriers to that. Um, even though the vaccines are coming out, it's going to take a while for people to get them. And not only that, if they get, if they want to get them. But ultimately, what I'm trying to say is, is it, it comes down to this ultimate idea that we just don't trust one another and we're angry. We're grieving our autonomy. We're grieving the idea that we cannot do what we want to do when we want to do it. Right. And that is ultimately, again, coming to this place that we're angry. We have to be angry with... S- s- I think a big part of this is we're all trying to find something to be angry at. It's hard to be angry at COVID because we really don't know what it is. You know, we can't pinpoint it. If we could pinpoint it and we could say this is exactly what it is, this is how we're going to deal with it, vaccines are going to 100% deal with it, it would make this whole process a lot easier. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Right. Which, again, goes to this idea that the people that are trying to stay safe Even the people that are trying to stay safe don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, what do we do with our kids? How do we keep them safe? Right? We still have to get groceries. We still have to do certain things to live. You work in a field where you can't just lock your door and say, okay, well... No funeral services nah. for the next two years right it's it, it, it
0: just can't happen
1: you know I'm a psychologist like yes I could possibly say you know I'm not gonna do this for the next two years but I nobody nobody can afford to do that but you need it you need to stay there because mental health is absolutely is people so important really right need now. us right now but again how do I keep myself safe you know I keep your mental stability absolutely check. absolutely so I guess what I would I would uh, you know implore a lot of people to do is Start finding some hobbies to do at home. Mm -hmm. Start finding ways to stress relief, whether that's yoga, whether that's meditation. Those are psychological ones. But, I mean, literally, pull out the banjo, pull out the guitar, pull out the art stuff. You know, start doing artwork with your kids if you you enjoy to do that. Whittling, uh, you know, uh, cross stitch. A A lot of people are into that right now. Oh, roller skates. That's really made a big comeback. comeback. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you, Mostly women. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen a lot of men out there roller skating, but I'm not saying it doesn't ex- exist. It exists. Um, but I'm saying, like, all this stuff is is ways that we can video games, you know? Like, well, pull out the old Super Mario brothers.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll step back a little bit, and we'll go into the funeral. What I'm seeing with funerals is just like, honestly, what we were seeing back in March. You have some families that are really trying to stress the safety Now we're getting into the cold season. So a lot of things that people were doing, you know, having everything at the grave, is harder because you don't know what the weather is going to be. You don't know if it's going to be snowy. You don't know if it's going to be 20 degrees. You don't know if it's going to be windy. Um, So a lot of that has changed. On top of that, too, COVID COVID numbers hit. We we got hit. We got hit back in, like I said, October, November was
1: really our our time. Well, not to mention, Ben, we just had Christmas. We just had New Year's. There were people... That were together. Oh, absolutely right, and absolutely. that's going to spread it, right? We know this. Um, so here's my question: I want to pose. Ultimately, down the road, what is this going to do to the funeral industry or uh, uh, profession? profession.
0: It's funeral profession, it's, it's okay. Um, the uh, the voc- it's the vernacular is. Thank a you. I,
1: I apologize. Uh,
0: so yeah, I, I I see the the zooming and the virtual becoming more of thing.
1: That might be a good. Uh, <clears throat> future episode talking about virtual funerals
0: but then also we come from a small conservative town where people don't want to be on camera Mm. and they don't want to grieve on camera i have witnessed some eulogies that probably would should not be on live (laughs) live. Mm -hmm. but i think that would i don't think that's going to change um especially because nowadays families are just spread apart regardless of COVID or not so if you can't come home from the military there's always the zoom option or the live streaming option um but uh I think will people go back to having one day visitation and then funeral the next day and go back to the church? I I think they would, they were going to be more than happy to have what they were used to, um, in my community at least my small my small town uh, that I love so dearly. Uh, but I do think in some communities, maybe in like the cities, they get they may get used to it. They may get used to just this is how it is, and right. I'm okay with that. That's that's the only thing I I, I wondered about. wondered. Oh, we don't have to have eight hours or six hours. You know, I'm this is right. This is me playing a part here. <laughs> right. I don't feel this way, but like, oh, well, we because don't have let's to? let's
1: be honest. Cremation has has made a
0: um, oh, absolutely. And one of the big reasons for cremation right now is because I think back in even March, people thought, well, give it four months, we'll be able to do whatever we want. So why not have cremation so we can have the full service, including our loved one at the service.
1: Right, and then it's bring like it burial. back. burial. You really can't. Right. I mean, Dig no, them back up and it'd be a mess. And like
0: rea- no one realized we'd still be in this boat a year later. No. But when it comes to you as a psychologist, do you feel that there's a long-term, uh, maybe a crisis? Crises no, absolutely. with absolutely. With, with the isolation and probably just the skills
1: to cope with it. So I think about this. I think about kids... Young kids, especially the children right now, the children that were supposed to go off to kindergarten or first grade or, you know, these pivotal moments where um, being around other kids is so important for their uh, development. Um, Socializing, all that stuff, how to speak, how to speak to the adults. But I digress. These, let's say this goes on for another year, right? These children are now going to be thrown into, let's say, third or fourth grade. Without having those first two years to understand how to deal with other kids, all that stuff, teachers, and now classrooms. you're throwing them in a room. I, I, I mean, it's a sink or swim. I think for some of these kids. Not to mention that I think a lot of our our teens, kids right now, are really struggling. Um, with the online teaching or program. the homeschool yeah. with their parents and, I, I, and I'm sure the
0: parents feel the same way now. you know I, <laughs> I,
1: in my in my work you know I've come across teens that usually were you know a students and now are failing my hope is one one positive thing is that I think you know the old saying you don't know how good you have it until it's gone mm-hmm. I think this might put a, uh, a spin on you know um kids actually wanting to go to school. You know, this is a great way to to remember that when when the United States was open and people were you know, in the community, you could go to the store, mm-hmm. go to the restaurants and stuff. I think this might reopen uh, a empathy maybe for other people. Is is that we all had to go through this together, so let's now try to rebuild. Okay.
0: So, Nick, I think it's about that time. We go on those Q&As. Q&A.
1: So COVID and funerals. Um, I had a family member pass due to COVID, and because of the funeral restrictions and health concerns, a lot of friends and family members could not make it. What are some ideas of how we can have a celebration of life in the future? When do you think we will be able to have it?
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the last question. Nobody knows when we can actually have. Um, a proper send off one way or another, funeral, memorial service, gathering, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I wish I could answer you on that, but I I'm, I'm just I don't see I don't have the magic eight ball. Choosing a number to have at a funeral is a is a nightmare. And I, I, I literally I do not I feel bad for every family that I've taken care of because I know that's extra stress to add is on top of you can't have everybody there that you want to, you can't have them hugging you, you can't have them embracing you. Um, but now only that. But you got to have 25. So if Rick's not on that 25, he's not coming.
1: Not to mention you can't have any food. You There's can't a have lot food. of food. You can't. Yeah, yeah, and
0: you've talked about that. Um, is one of the biggest things with luncheons is just being able the to community. sit and, and yep. eat and eat together. Um, yep. I, I think it comes down to at this point, families got to do what they got to do. Um, we're going to do what we need to do yep. to
1: keep you safe and legal. And, and we're going to do what the law says. And I
0: want—I want to make this very clear. We're also doing this to keep ourselves safe. Yep. I know. I, I know. In your grief, you lose track that we have families, but also realize if we're sick, if Dan and I are sick, we can't open our doors. And imagine those families that now have to go someplace else because they can't feel comfortable because Ben and Dave are sick. And then if Dad and I are going to work, then the door is closed, and then you don't even have Kapal Funeral Home. It's a cyclic it's thing. A, it's a cyclic it's problem. Cyquilic. Um, um Honestly, what you can do is do what you need to do now, but eventually there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and respect the profession,
1: right? Respect your guys' your space too.
0: And, and realize too, and I know it sounds like a long time, but it's only been a year. In yeah. in the scheme of things, it's only been a year. We see vaccines are coming out. Uh, everybody's on top of this. Yep. Nobody's out there to make this worse. And um, just yeah, just if you could, if you're out there, and and I have the honor of taking care of you anytime from now on. D- just realize I'm not. I, I don't want to do this any more than you want me to throw these on you. And we're doing this at the end of the day to keep you, ourselves, and this funeral home as, as safe as possible. Let's get to the next question. All right, Nick. Uh, generational family business. You can answer this one too. (laughs) I can. (laughs) It seems like a lot of the funeral homes are generational and stay in the family. What do you think that is? Is there a pressure to keep the funeral home in the family? And why are most funeral directors born into it? Why don't you think that, why don't you think there are more people that want to become funeral directors that did not grow up into it?
1: Okay, so there's multiple questions here. I'm going to start with the word honor. And I think that, this is from my own experience, and Ben can probably vouch for this too. Benny, sorry. Um, there is an honor to serving the families that we serve in Ida, Michigan. There is a generational honor to that too. Um, I, You know, I, I think, is it in our blood? You know, obviously I have two old, older brothers that are not part of the business. So I'm not going to say that it, it is that way, but I will say that I think even my older brothers would admit that they are very proud um, of what my dad and his dad and his dad have done. Um, you know, there is a, th- there's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure to be in a, uh, a generational funeral home. There's a lot of high expectations. The families know who you are and they expect it to be done in a certain ways. With that being said, I also think that there is a sense of pride that comes with doing what my, my brother, my twin brother, my dad, his dad, and his dad have done over the ages and helping these families grieve um, and being a part of these families. I, I, you know, I really do believe my dad gives a little bit of himself to every family he serves. Um, I think that does take a toll on him, um, and I do think that at times my brother and my dad, I see them, are exhausted. But with that being said, I don't think they would change it for the world, and I think they, they find it very honorable to do what they do.
0: Can I step in here, Nick? Because yeah, I, I do want to answer one of these questions. One of the questions are is it's interesting that you're saying all funeral homes are family. What I actually have found out that most family firms go out of the family after third generation. Uh, so, uh, And another thing, too, is in my, in my class at Mortuary Science, which is becoming the norm, uh, is more non family or non uh, f- uh, firm owner kids are going into uh, the funeral profession than there are kids that were part of the, the family. And I think a lot of that has to do with the realization <laughs> that the hours that you put in do not match the salary. That you're that would be and, and any other field that you choose. This is this is not something you go into for the money. It is a calling. Um, and I was told that by a pastor, and I've been told that by a lot of other people that funeral uh, professionals. It's a calling, and the the good ones call or uh, stay true to that path. Uh, so I would say, actually, if you look at the trend in America, at least it is actually going away from family. And it's going more towards new generations. And what most people become funeral professionals for is because they've either had an extremely good situation with a funeral home and funeral director, or they've had a horrible, lousy experience with a funeral director and never wanted that experience to ever happen to anybody else. Go ahead, Nick, if you want to answer any There's another
1: question that I, I think we can speak to. Is there pressure to keep the funeral home in the family? I think Absolutely. Um, and I again, I think this comes back to my original word is honor. There is an honor to serve these people and there's an expectation from these people that there is going to be a family member that takes over, takes over, continues the, the process. So that's difficult when you come across, you know, you only have one child or, you know, you, your children just, it's not for them. Um, this business um the the grief and loss business i can say this as a psychologist it's not for everybody um this is a tough thing to deal with day in day out um there's a lot of um, expectations like i said that um my dad and brother and actually all of us Kapals have had to deal with over the you know our lifespan i don't think we would have wanted it any other way i think the high expectation says something about who we are as people and what this business means to people but With that being said, I do want to say that, yes, there is definitely a pull. We don't want to see the funeral home end with our father.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to go in and say it's not only an internal expectation, but there's an external expectation, which Nick kind of a little bit alluded to, is families wouldn't want anybody else other than a kapal or uh, et cetera, et cetera, if that's your family. Um, and you're and you're right. And I've 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 had families come in. They say you don't realize how happy we were when we found out one of Dave's sons was going in the business. And th- that meant a lot to me because there's a lot of days you don't feel appreciated um, as as a as a funeral professional a, because it's not a it's not a, a field where people tend to congratulate you a lot on the service you do. Um, you're an unsung hero. So all you funeral professionals, you're doing great. And that, with that, Nick, I think we kind of delved into the new
1: COVID update. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode. I, I hope we answered all of your questions properly. If we didn't, please let us know. Uh, email us. Post something. Yeah,
0: those are good questions. Yeah, keep those good questions up. Keep and, us thinking.
1: And we really appreciate you guys listening, listening in. And uh, hope to see you on the next podcast. Hope to see you in the funny pages. Now, Benny Capal and Nick,
0: Dr. Nick, signing off. Because if you ain't talking about death, you ain't living.